We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Arden Caleb. Happy, happy new year. It's 2020. 2020. 2020. It rolls off better than 2019. I got to tell you, it's the year of Barbara Walters. It's also the year of every single goddamn eye care store in all of Victoria asking me to write them advertisements being like, 2020 in 2020. Get 2020 vision in 2020. And I'm like... I've been writing them back and be like, everybody's asking for this. Like, please do not go down this path. And they all just think it's the most brilliant idea of all time. And I can't stand it, man. (laughs) Full disclosure, I can. And now, like, you know, we'll never be sponsored by an hour care care place at all this show. And who knows if any of them listen, we might get in a little bit of trouble. But seriously, it's the most simple idea. Everybody's doing it. Don't do it. It's cliche, lame. It sucks. 2020 and 2020 is a bad idea. Get rid of it. That's Caleb Kirby. Art Aronson here between the stammers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a hockey show to talk about. Uh, We've missed a week. So apologies for last week. We were both sick. It's true. Yeah. So it wasn't just Christmas. It was was, uh, and us being lazy. It was us being sick and lazy is what it was. Sick and lazy. Yeah. I'll tell you, like, that was the worst flu I've I've ever had. Really? At At least in my adult life. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you look like you were dying there. Yeah, I had a fever. I was out for th- for three days. You had a lot of sniffling going on, too. Yeah, it wasn't just that, but it was the energy. Like, I just had zero energy, and I don't think I've ever felt like that before. Yeah, I got to tell you, I uh, I think I got mine from you. It's I, not shocking. I kind of feel like you were patient zero. Granted, I should have left you alone. Yeah, uh, right? quick story to start this oh, off, Jesus. this podcast off. So this was uh, <coughs> this was last Monday. It was like the tw- I think it was the twenty third. It was the last game before the break for the Canucks. Edmonton. Yeah, they're playing Edmonton. I barely remember this game because I was like, I was not feeling good. As this game was going on, I like couldn't get warm. I was like under my covers. I was falling asleep. Caleb. I had had a few pops that day because uh, it was like his last day before going into, you know, Christmas break, having a few days off. You got to celebrate, right? You got to be happy. Yeah. You know, well, holiday Caleb, season's coming. Yeah. Caleb was happy. Yeah. And he's yelling and screaming at the, because it was a big game, the Oilers. Uh, he was yelling and screaming at the TV and I'm just like out of it. I'm on the couch and I'm like. I'm like, oh, there's a hockey game on. That's right. And I'm, like, trying to fall asleep, and Kirby just would not let me. Like, I kind of invited myself over. There was, like, high fives going on, like, and I, and I was just, like, hurting. My body was hurting because I'd gotten this flu, and it felt like a truck hit me. And it came on really quickly. It was like, I've never had anything like this happen before. You're a me. little bit of a muffin that night. I was. I was a huge muffin. And Caleb... I'd met him at a, a bar downtown, and he had already—he was already on fire, and he, you know, wanted to come over and watch the Canucks game. And I'm like, oh, fine. And I hadn't—I still like it hadn't hit me yet, but it hit me as the game was going on, and I was falling asleep during the game. And Kirby's just having a great time, and I'm just <laughs> like, man, I got to go to bed. And it's like the game was over, and I like crawled to my bed, literally crawled to my bed. Kirby went out. Celebrating the win. Celebrating the win. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm getting calls from all parts of the night from Kirby saying he's going to stay over because he lives, you know, pretty far from downtown Victoria. And I'm like, that's fine, I guess. But just, like, come at some point. And he called me again two hours after he first called me to say he was coming over. And I'm, like, on my deathbed. I am, like, I can barely, like, answer the phone. And uh, I, I... yeah, I don't know why I answered you. I should have just... You should have left me Kirby. alone. You yeah. should have left me stranded. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, Kirby finally, like, I buzz him in at like 2 a.m. in the morning. And, I, and I'm and i feeling like complete garbage, guys. And anyway, that started off my flu season. And then the next day, I like, that was it. I couldn't get up. Kirby, like, left the house. And I, 
I didn't see him for days because I was so sick. But then I guess you were sick too. Yeah, yeah, I got sick after that night. You deserved it, man. I did deserve it. Yeah. There was other parts that aren't left out. I uh, accidentally left his apartment door open. and Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I went and I touched his head to see if he had a fever. And I called one of our friends and told her told her that you were dying. And she was like, you're drunk. Leave me alone. And, yeah, it was just a, just a schmozzle. But, dude, the Canucks beat the Oilers going into the break. Yeah. Strung a couple games together in a row to win. Christmas was coming. I had the I had the spirit in me, man. I was feeling it. Yeah, and the Canucks have been rolling ever since. Like right? seriously, they've won six in a row. Um, I mean, if this what it, if this what it takes to get on a six game winning streak, maybe I just I gotta bite the bullet and get sick. I gotta tell you, you and I we're both a little kooky when it comes to superstitions, right? Just a little bit. You know, you have your mid-game adjustments. I follow those mid-game adjustments sometimes. If yeah. I'm wearing the Canucks jersey and they lose, the next game I'm not going to put it on, yeah. right? I have a pair of Canucks socks that my buddy bought for me, which I think are completely cursed. Mm-hmm. I've never worn them on game day, and the Canucks have won. Like, I can legitimately say that, I think. And um, I have this Canucks blanket in my room, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a fleecy blanket. And for a while there, I wasn't really doing much with it. But when this streak started, I've been making my bed a certain way, and I've been putting that Canucks fleece uh, blanket up at the top of my bed, dead center, completely flattened in the middle of my bed, Mm -hmm. every single time. I have two of them. I have a Cubs one and a Canucks one. And I put the Cubs one underneath, the Canucks one on on top of the Cubs one, and I've been doing that since the win streak started, and every day I've been doing it, I'm, I'm just going to keep rolling with it. And hopefully it keeps going. Because <laughs> right now it's working. It's a superstition for me that it's working. And honestly, it's the, the longest-running superstition that I've tried with this team that is going. I mean, granted, when's the last time we had a 16, six-game win streak? That's a really good question. Uh, I think it was like 2013, 2014. Oh. Right? Same month in December. But... Um, because of your efforts. No, no, I'm not saying because of my efforts, but it's just, you know those weird things that everybody does to keep keep it rolling? Oh, yeah. Right? Like some people are like, oh, you know, I'm going to wear the same underwear. Or, oh, I'm not going to wear any underwear. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. hey, what's underwear? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, uh, we all do weird things. Yeah, I'm an in-game adjustment guy. I'm like, uh, you know, if things aren't going well during the game, I'll like, you know, take off my, take off the jersey and I'll throw it or something like that. I'll switch seats. I'll make everybody else switch seats. Those are the type of things that I do. Well, even like last night during the Chicago game, we were both watching it, and I was sitting on the on the couch, yep. and, uh, you know, the Chicago started piloting in goals, and I'm like, I'm moving to the floor. So I went and I sat on the yeah. floor. I didn't sit on the, on the couch for the rest of the game. Canucks win, right? Like little things like that I'm into too. But you're you have your pregame McDonald's. That's right. Ritual. Yeah, it's a really well. big game. I have to go buy McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that game last night, and I think that's where, that's where we should probably start. The yeah, Black absolutely. Game. Uh, it was one of the most entertaining games of the year, and it always is when it's the Blackhawks versus the Canucks. I try and find a way to go to this game, those games, and this is maybe the first year where I like yeah. win win against the the Blackhawks coming into town. Usually, I try and make it into town to. See that see them play, but I just had a feeling. Even when the Canucks were down four two, I was like, "There's a lot more coming in this game." Well, what did I say to you at two two? It's true, right? Kirby was like, "This this game has a feel of uh, you know major shootout." Yeah, and well, it did. The Canucks were down four two, and for whatever reason, I wasn't that worried. What a timeout, by the way, <laughs> by Green. Yeah, you know, like that guy was taking a lot of shit. For not doing anything in that Pittsburgh game where right. Pittsburgh came back and came on top of him. And since then, I think he's used his timeouts exceptionally well. He's using them like a basketball coach would. Yeah. And I, I think that's perfect. I, I was listening a little bit of the post game, and he was saying that he was, and one of the reporters asked him, like, what, what did he say to the guys during that, uh, during the timeout? And he said, well, he's like, well, I, I enjoyed, he's, he's like, I like some of the shifts before, even those goals that went in. And one of them was that, that, dog shit goal that Taze got that went off of um it went off of Hughes and in yeah yeah that was one of the goals and he was like I like the way the team was playing I just wanted to you know calm us down a little bit going yeah. going into the next uh few shifts and it worked it fucking worked absolutely yeah 
And that's not the only time he's done that on this win streak. He's done it another time, too. I can't remember what game it was, but I was like, nice use of a timeout. Yeah, and, right? he, and he got criticized for the, the, Pit, the Pittsburgh game. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, six in a row, unreal, man. The 5-4 win over Vegas kind of started it off. The overtime win there. Uh, 4-1 win over Pittsburgh. Canucks own the Pittsburgh Penguins, it seems. Uh, a lot of these games have been at home. There was only one road game. It was the uh, the Calgary game, the 5-2 Calgary game, which had a weird feeling to it. Thatcher, Thatcher Demko came back in that game and had a pretty solid game. And Calgary was just out of sorts in that game. I just feel like the Canucks, when they got Thatcher in net, they have more jump to them. Hmm. I don't know if it's a nervousness or what, but, like, I feel like they they can just, like, let Marky roll. Yeah. And they don't play. I'm not, I'm, maybe it is as hard. I don't know. I just feel like when Thatcher's in net, they have, like, more urgency to just, like, go in there and get get stuff done. That's interesting. Uh, Markstrom has been in net for five of the six games, and he's played really well. Yeah, Mark, Marky's been unreal, especially right. in that L.A. game where it was the they day deserve before Calgary, and he completely stole it. <laughs> but you had to think that coming out of the Christmas break and playing that game against L.A., they're already looking forward to that Calgary game, and True. they're just like – you know what? Let's conserve our energy. We'll save it for Calgary the next day. Mm-hmm. All they like, literally, all they needed to do in that LA game was like, PD's line needed to have one shift, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. They showed up for one shift, fucking threw it by quick, and boom, game that's, over. That's right, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the big guns have been playing well for sure. JT Miller getting four points against uh, Chicago. Uh, pretty good stat I saw from I think it was TSN stat. Rich Brown, our uh, Vancouver uh, affiliate affiliate there was sending me the sending me the tweet saying that the last time two players so with the four points uh, against the Blackhawks JT Miller has reached the 40 point mark so him and Elias Pettersson are the first set of Canucks teammates to both have 40 plus points by the halfway of a season since the 2011 season and can you guess who those Two players were that had 40-plus oh, points. Yeah, it's Hank and Danny, obviously. Yeah, Henrik had 48, and Daniel had 46 at the oh, halfway point. And we won the presidents that year. Yeah. Not to be outdone, though, uh, Brock Besser has 39 points himself. Well, <clears throat> here's the thing, right? Like, there's a lot of, you know, and I've been talking playoffs all year. Yeah, you have. I still believe it's going to happen. Yeah. But I think there are very good signs for this team that it is a distinct possibility. Power play in the top five in the NHL, right? Yeah. Two players at this point with already 40 points. Besser with 39. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, some of these types of things are things that you look at and you're like, okay, we're on pace to do this. Even back in, like, Thanksgiving, there's that stat of, like, who's ever in a playoff position come, like, the Thanksgiving break, like, 80% of those teams make it and only, like, 20% fall out. Mm-hmm. Um, not Canadian Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Canucks were in that point, and then they hit their lull. Obviously, big injuries. I still think the season is kind of riding on Alex Edmund staying healthy. Like, I really do believe that. But they're, like, ugh, we're seeing secondary scoring. We're seeing more scoring now five-on-five five than we have seen in the last little while, Bo, Bo Horvat's now playing his best hockey. Mm-hmm. That was um, one of his best games of the year against against uh, the Blackhawks. There, yeah, and it, he's got he's got something against that team, right? And and Jonathan Taves is quoted. He's like one one of the guys I find the hardest to play against is Bo Horvat. Hmm, really? He said that, yeah, like hmm. before. And I think Bo like really rushes the opportunity to go against a guy like Taves. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like these pieces are starting to come together. The goaltending has been absolutely amazing. It really has. Down this stretch. And I, I really hope Markey and Demko can keep it up. I hope they can stay healthy. Um, uh, definitely Tyler Myers has looked better since Alex Edler has returned to the line. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely, like, he's, he's munching those minutes that Tyler Myers was struggling to munch. Mm-hmm. I, I think Edler is so key for us to be successful back there. Fentenberg last night did not play his best game. Yeah, um, he was fighting the puck a little bit. Yeah, He was the guy on the back end who was noticeably noticeably struggling back there. Um, I still, I mean, I said it on this podcast, you know, once Edler got healthy, I wanted Fentenberg to stay up and Ben to be the guy who rides the pine. Yeah. I still think Fentenberg should be there over Ben. Um, if he continues to play, he 
play the way he did last night, maybe they should give Ben another look. Yeah, Ben's been right? out of the lineup for, I guess, half of his streak at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say almost all of it. All, almost all of it? Maybe yeah. that's right. Yeah. So um, these are just little minor things, right? Like they're not major, major things, but they're all kind of signs pointing towards this team you know, making that push and being a playoff team. Plus, they're a plus team. Like, if you look in the standings, plus, uh, like, goal differential is a really telling stat in the NHL of teams that usually make it. And people who are above that zero, who are in the who are in the green, who are in the plus, they're usually the teams that are going to make it. And the outliers are usually the ones that kind of fall down. Well, when's the last the time the Canucks year? been a plus team, right? It's right? been a really long it time. It has been a really long yeah. time. Uh, and they're plus fifteen right now. And yeah. That's 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 really good. And they've taken care of home ice too, like thirteen five and three on home ice. Yeah, we. It's, I mean, it's how you get there, right? You yeah. got to be a little concerned about the protection of the leads, still. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things, and yeah. and obviously health, health yeah. on the back end, and play on the road. Right. They're still they're under five hundred on the road, so, and they, you need to be better than that. Yeah. You need to be at least five hundred on the road. So. Uh, Coming up on Saturday, they have their last game before they go on this roadie, but this roadie is pretty winnable in a lot of cases think so? against some of these teams. Yeah. Okay. Buffalo's not in a position right now where they're going to be pushing for a playoff spot. They're they're kind of out of it. So? Minnesota's going to be a tough one because Minnesota at home is always a meat grinder. Tampa Bay and and uh, Florida, those are going to be tough Tampa, games. Tampa has been struggling. They haven't really found... Uh, their way yet. They're kind of just still like trying to launch off the ground. Yeah. I, I I don't think this road trip is is easy by any means, but it's definitely easier than the one that they've already been on. Yeah. Where they had to do that Eastern road swing and they were playing teams like Pittsburgh and Washington and all, all those teams were playoff contenders. Mm-hmm. Right now, as it sits, I think only two of these teams are in playoff contention. Right. On this five game road trip. Yeah. So some winnable stuff there. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest reasons I think that the Canucks have played so well here in the last six games, their secondary scoring guys like Tanner Pearson, Jake Vertanen are popping. Adam Gaudet we saw last night scoring yeah, a huge a goal. goal. Like especially after taking that penalty early in the first, right? That yeah. led to a goal. Yeah, he comes back and he scores the game winner. That's got to be huge for that kid. And what a shot! Oh, it was great. It really was. He uh, fucking buried that art. Yeah. He's got a flair for the dramatic. Yeah. The kid does have well, a flair for the dramatic. Well, his are incredible, too, yeah. right? And this is all goes back to, like, last season. Remember when he, like, I think it was a goal that he scored to, like, tie the game against the L.A. Kings last year in a game where it was, like, the start of something for him that I thought was, like, this kid's clutch. Yeah. I think he is. Yeah, well, last season he he threw a couple really nice goals down on L.A. Yeah. He, he just murdered the Kings for some reason yeah. last year. But yeah. this season... I mean, after taking that penalty, coming back in the third, there was an, an opportunity for him in the slot right before he scored the goal where Besser kind of flubbed the pass, and then the play was broken, right? And then Roussel got it and kind of chipped it back off the boards to Godet, who just had the wherewithal to, like, circle, come back, get enough room between two players, like, near the slot and risk that top, like, top cheese. That was incredible. Yeah, and got such a nice goal. And this this kid's having a nice year, like yeah. eighteen points in thirty one games. Like yeah. he's pro- like for the amount of ice time that he's getting. Yeah, the the amount that he's producing is it, like Canucks have to be really happy with the way this kid's this, going. This third line as a whole yeah. is a massive surprise, right? Like Jake Vertanen, man, everybody's been crossing their fingers for this guy to be an NHLer for like. Two and a half seasons, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So many of Canucks fans have already given up on the guy. It's true. And, like, it looks like he's arrived just as a player. Like, it looks like he's fucking good to go. And he's making smart decisions out there. Like, he's he's making smart decisions and good plays. Like, plays that nobody ever thought he would be able to do yeah. passing-wise. Yeah. Just, like, quick thinking, right moves. Protecting the puck in the right spot on the ice. Creating space. Creating space and letting shots go whenever he has a chance, which is a huge part of the game, right? Like, he's got the confidence right now where he's doing that. He's on on the power play, too. Like, on PP2, he's the most exciting player to watch right now. Yeah. Because you just don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. And him and Gaudet together, like, these... Yeah. They're both 23 years old, young, Mm -hmm. you know? 
uh, about to enter their, you know, their prime, like, if you can do something for us during these years, the Canucks can be very successful if these kids, like, become 60, 70-point players, right? Absolutely, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Vertanen has 15 points in his last 16 games. That's incredible. Right? Who saw this coming? Remember all the talk in training camp when the kid... He was started with the second unit, the HLers or whatever. The HLers, yeah, yeah. And he, he went to get water after the bag skate, only player to go and get water. It was a huge was story. All those, yeah, people were just like, this guy's he's he doesn't care. Yeah. But like you And can, I'm one of those people who said that. You can see the compete in him right now. And even Green, like I like how Green came to his defense and he's like, I expect Jake to be a pretty big part of this team. Right? Yeah. And he's like, but it's up to Jake to get there. And right now, Vertanen's just looking good. Like, he just... Even last night, there was one time where he went and he skated in. It was just a simple play. It was like a dumping play. Right? And Vertanen went in to go forecheck. And he had the option of just, you know, circling back. But a defenseman was back there. I forget who it was for... It wasn't Keith. It was Keith's partner. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, Jake, you just finished the check. And he goes in and just thumps the guy and finishes the check and i was just like pretending like that's like that kind of imposing force yeah the physicality that we need from him as well yeah. I, I just feel like he's showing off a lot of like what the canucks originally thought he had in the first place like skill set wise and it's it's super nice to see i'm so happy i'm so happy for him right now we're like proud fathers i know i i do kind of feel like a proud father <laughs> when, when it comes to pretending and i i, I really like it could be too early to say that he's arrived, and I almost don't want to. Mm-hmm. But just over this last stretch of games, it just feels like you're like, this guy's an NHLer. He gets it now. Yeah. It only took him a few seasons. But you know what? We've always said that it takes <coughs> some of these power forwards a little bit longer to figure it out. And he, of course, has had uh, off-ice <clears throat> issues, right? Like, he here he is living in his hometown where yeah. he's, like, the king, right? Yeah. Everybody wants a piece of him, right? Yeah. Everybody. All his childhood friends want a piece of the NHLer that made it, you know, to their childhood favorite team. Lots of distractions. So, um, it's, yeah, it's really, it's, it, it is warming to and see. And it's, it's interesting, too, when you compare him to a guy like Stetcher, who also, like, from Richmond, yeah, right, but he went collegiate, went mm-hmm. the collegiate route, came out a little older when he came to the Canucks, was a little more mature. Mm-hmm. And I even just think of, like, when Vertanen was on the Hitman, like Calgary Hitman, he was the stud on that team. Like, he yeah. was the guy, yeah, right, versus a guy like Stetcher who was on a awesome, like, legendary University of North Dakota team, like one of the best collegiate teams ever. Yeah. Right. But he came off that team as like not the guy. Right. Like he was he was a piece on that team, but he wasn't like Jake on that team. And he came out from a system that was a little more structured and everything like that. So I think his transition into the NHL was easier for him to manage than a guy like Jake, who was like, I'm here. I'm the stud. I got put in the first year after what happened with Horvat because the Canucks needed to sell tickets or brag about it or whatever. Jake, I don't think, was ready at that point, right? But finally, after the next season, going down to Utica and being under Travis Green and, and like, school of hard knocks and coming back up with the right attitude, slowly developing his game into becoming this player. Like, I'm I'm so happy it worked out for him. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy about it. Yeah, I, I like, I, I don't think there's a guy... A lot of Vancouver fans have rooted for more in the last few years than, than Jake Vertanen. There are the people who've given up on him for sure, but there are a lot of other fans that have been just hoping that he would become this type of player. Yeah, it's a fun third line right now. It it's really a very is. fun third line. Yeah, right with now. Roussel, you know, mucking things up, and Vertanen who can muck things up, and Gaudette who has a flair for the dramatic, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting, like, if when Brandon Sutter comes back, what, what they plan on doing there. Um, is he a ride the pine guy at this point? Is he, uh, let's say he has an allergy to his gear and uh, <laughs> put him on long-term IR and just take that money and save it kind of guy? Maybe. Like, Maybe. dude, Seabrook, he's, his cap hit on Chicago is insane, right? Yeah. He's getting all his surgeries done. He's on the long-term IR, and I'm just like, if Chicago gets away with this again, Mm-hmm. I'm going to be fucking furious. With the host, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we get in trouble for a Luongo thing that happened a decade ago, yeah. basically. Yeah. Right? Like, 
I don't know. I think the Canucks should try and pull a sneaky one with like one of these guys, whether it's Sutter or or Louie or whoever. Although I will say right now, like we're talking about our third line, our second line of Bo and 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 Pearson and Louie. Yeah. This is the spot that was on where this was team go second, yeah. where Louie has looked the best since he's been playing. You know, and I think it's because he's playing with better players. Is that what it and, is? And a, and a style of hockey that is more suited to his game, right? I don't think Louis has been good, but he's been he's 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 been passable. Like on this on this line with with Horvat and Pearson, he's been passable. There there's he's he's no longer frustrating me. He's making me laugh, you know, because it's like, oh, you know, huge chance out in the slot for somebody to just clap right in. Oh, who's the guy there? <laughs> Erickson destroys his stick, and you're yeah. like. That's yeah. the most Erickson thing I've seen all season, yep. right? He He's killing penalties, too, and he's out yep. there at, like, key moments in the game. Like, last night when they were trying to protect the lead, I noticed that he was out there, and I'm just like, Travis Green is finding a way to use Louis Erickson. He's finding a way to use him right now that isn't pissing me off, which is the first time I can say that in four seasons, or, sorry, three seasons. Now, let's say Sutter comes back. Would you throw Louis Erickson on the pine and then throw Sutter on, like, the second line? Would, well, would, you could try the, whatever. I mean, it yeah. all depends on if you're winning or losing. Yeah. I mean, Levo's out for three months, right? Yeah. Let's be honest. Levo's the guy who probably should be there. Yeah. But, um, you know. But this Lu- line is act like Tanner Pearson has been on a heater of late. Yeah. I'm using Caleb Kirby's heater. Well, he has. He has been on a heater. He has eight points in his last five games. Uh, it took a couple of uh, it took a it took an empty net goal to get him going, but he has been like he's been hard to play against, and he's been giving that second line a punch, which that's what the Canucks needed. But even before that, Tanner Pearson wasn't playing bad hockey, right? It just wasn't going in for him. No, he was he was playing good hockey. It's like Bo Horvat, man. Like he hasn't exactly played the worst hockey all this season. Since the pucks haven't gone in for him. And the three goals he has on home ice are hilarious. One was like a debatable kick in. One last night went off a guy. And then the other one was an empty netter, Mm -hmm. right? Granted, a beauty empty netter from last night. Yeah, from like behind his own blue line. Yeah. Right? But I mean, that second line, man, as long as they're doing something, I'm okay with it. And I'd rather see Louie up there contributing what he contributes than seeing him be a detriment on a on a fourth line trying to check, right? Because he was in that spot when Mott was out, and that fourth line was pretty useless, right? Now they look a lot better with Mott back there. Yeah. I mean, I, I had said it. I thought one of the biggest issues with the team was that some of those checkers just, they look slow back there, like yeah. Beagle and, um, and Schaller. I think they... They play a little underwater a little bit, and I guess Mott's been able to, like, speed the line up a little bit, which has been nice. Mott feels like the guy who's driving that line right now, right. I'd say. Yeah. He's been in – he's had his moments during this six-game run as well. He had a lot of hits last night. Yeah. He probably led the team in hits last yeah, night. Yeah, going against his old team too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have some jump in your game if you're going up against your old team for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. The Blackhawks, Canucks, like – it's always fun. It is always fun. It's always fun, and that rivalry should be long dead and gone, but it just feels like both teams get up for it, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, like, lots of, like, who's left from the Canucks? Edler Tanev. Edler. Edler Tanev. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 But I even feel like when Bo came in the league, that that rivalry was still, Yeah. it, it didn't feel like it was 100% settled. So I yeah. feel like Bo carries it on him too a little bit yeah and then obviously on the other side i know Kays and tane and keith yeah yeah yeah. taves kane and keith who always get up for it yeah good old vancouver fans for booing keith last night i was gonna say that yeah for remembering that happened like over over 10 years ago yeah happened there are some tweets coming out of chicago to like classless vancouver fans booing one of our best defensemen of all time it's like dude he elbowed daniel in the face yeah you know I like Duncan Keith just much as the next guy yep. as a player. Yep. I think like his skills are were incredible. He was the best defenseman in the league for like a decade. Yep. Right? Yep. But he did elbow one of our best all-time players in the face. And, and for that, he will not be forgiven. And I think it could be argued that Daniel Sedin wasn't the same 
after that. Like, yeah. I don't think he had a career. Like, his career years were gone after that. Well, right? that was the year that they, what, came out of 2012 and they were a heap, right? And they lost to, to LA, LA in four first, straight. Yeah, in the first yeah. round. Yeah. I think that was that year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's still a little bit of fun in this rivalry for sure. And yeah, hats off to the fans for remembering that. And, you know, I think Keith should wear it as a badge of honor. And he probably does. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those guys you don't want to get going, too. Absolutely. Right? No, you don't. It's funny. I was listening to Tanner Pearson. Um, Tanner Pearson was mic'd up for the game against L.A., right? His former team. Yeah, I was listening to some of that, too. And uh, for the most part, you didn't get much because it was a lot of just, like, fucking A. It's just, yeah. <laughs> like one of the things he said the most <laughs> the entire time. But there was one point where the fans, you could hear the fans booing, and Dowdy was going, and he's like, don't wake him up. You don't want to wake him up. He's like, because he's going to do something. Yep. He's saying that about Drew Doughty, right? Because mm-hmm. Doughty does feed on crowds, and Doughty is one of those guys who can take over a game. Yeah. I personally, not a Drew Doughty fan at all, but you need to understand that, is that some of these guys, man, when people get on them, they just get even better. They feed off it, right? True. Yep. There was a game uh, a few nights ago. It was Jamie Benn, and I forget who he was playing, but he got in a fight. He scored like two goals, and it was like guys going after him, and he, Jamie Ben just was a beast. And I, I was like, man, if they would have left him alone in this game, he probably wouldn't have done much. Mm-hmm. But Jamie Ben is one of those players too. Like if you piss him off, he's gonna make you pay. Yeah, it's interesting, right? It's interesting to see some of these veterans that uh, sometimes that's all they need is a little push. Yeah, there's a few guys in the league like that. I, I've always thought about Getzlaff like that too. It's like just don't. Don't engine let him stars. Let him coast out there. Yeah, let him coast. Right. Yeah. Jeff Carter too. Right. Like yeah. he only shows up. Jeff Carter can do basically whatever he wants on the ice, but he's lazy. Yeah. He's so lazy. if you don't, you know, butt out, butt end him in the stomach or something like that, he's probably going to leave you alone. Oh. Uh, so as the standings sit now, the Canucks are third in the Pacific Division, and they're not, you know, like how many four, games in hand do they have? They're, they're they have three games in hand on Vegas. Kaboom! And Vegas is leading right now. Who The Canucks have a better goal differential than the Vegas And they're Golden four Knights. points behind Vegas with three games in hand? Yeah. Not bad math. It's not bad. Just two points behind Arizona as well, who's obviously, they're a very good team as well. So, yeah. Um, there was, are, did Kemper get, come back, or are they still without Kemper? I think they're still without Kemper, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Is, is looking at this division, or... You know, for teams to finish in the top three in the Pacific, I, mean, I think the California teams, like, you could probably stick a fork in all three of those teams unless San Jose miracul- miraculously puts it together, which they got rid of their captain this offseason. I think that was the most bonehead move that any team could have made, and I don't think they're going to be able to come back. Yeah. But. Well, they're like, man, they're, you know, nine points under the Canucks at this point. That's a lot. Yeah. Imagine if the Canucks were nine points behind where they are right now. I know. They'd be some kind of hell to pay. Oh, yeah. Right? Out of out of the five teams right now that remain competitive in the Pacific, being Arizona, uh, Vegas, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. Calgary, and Edmonton, Yeah. who do you think, pick the two teams that you think of all likelihood have the best chance of falling off? Oh, the best chances of falling off? Yeah. Well, I think Edmonton, we're seeing right now that they're falling off. Um, they did get a point last night in uh, Buffalo, despite my best wishes. Uh, falling off. Yeah, I don't, like, L.A. and Calgary, I think they're done. They're already done. I do believe that they're already done. Uh, I think You the said Canucks- Calgary? No, L.A. and San Jose. Uh, L.A. Yeah, and San Jose. Yeah, okay. L.A. and San Jose. I think they're done already. Okay. Um, I could see... Well, I just I still don't know about Arizona. Like, I think they're in the same spot as the Canucks. They're going to be pushing. And I kind of thought that Vancouver and Edmonton would be Calgary and Edmonton. No, Edmonton and Cal- and Vancouver. Oh, okay. I thought I thought Calgary would be in the playoffs. Okay. And I thought I thought Vancouver and Edmonton would be battling out for like the last spot. for jockeying. Well, yeah. I mean that could very well happen. Yeah. Still, of course. Yeah. Right. And that's I think I'm going to continue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as far as goaltenders go. And this is where I'm coming from. This is just my point on this. Yeah. Um, I mean, would you rather have David Reddick and who's his backup right now? Matt, uh, Cam Talbot or Jacob Markstrom and Thatcher Demko? Oh, yeah. Vancouver. I think uh, Anthony Stewart was asked on Sportsnet last night who he thought the best uh, goaltending tandem was among all the Canadian teams. And he said, 
he said Demko, Demko and Markstrom. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, and I, I think I agree with him. I would rather have Markey and Demko over Talbot and uh, Riddick any day of the week, and then especially over Mike Smith, who's spazzed his way down. We know you from don't the beginning like Mike of the Smith. season. Him and him and uh, what Koskinen. Koskinen, yeah, yeah. I, and and you know what, like. They were. I don't know if they still are. I think they are. But anti anti Ranta and uh, Darcy Kemper yeah. for um, Arizona. Like Kemper's put up like some of the best goalie yeah, stats. Yeah, he's in an all star. So he was named far. to the all star team this right? year. Yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show how important your goaltending is. I mean, Marc Andre Fleury's Marc Andre Fleury, and Malcolm Subban isn't too shabby either. He's the best Subban in the NHL right now, actually. Wow. He is. Yeah. Right? I think so. Yeah, that's, um, that's a pretty good goaltending tandem there. That's Vegas. a great goaltending yeah. tandem. But, yeah. I mean, like, talk about importance of goaltending. I, I think those are the three teams that I think are, are probably going to make it in, in the Pacific as one, two, and three. Have Who knows? Canucks? Maybe a wild card will sneak in there. But, like I, I, like I said from the beginning, I think this team is a playoff team. Has Vancouver ever had a goaltending tandem that has had a save percentage like this? Like, both guys are nearing 920. Like, they're both pretty – they're both in that area, 915 well, and higher. I'm sure that, like, Luongo and Schneider in their heyday, like, in, in, in at least yeah, probably so, that a year, one year they're yeah. probably up there. Yeah. But, I mean, they've both – like, Demko and, and Markey this year have been outstanding. They really have. Yeah. A real position of strength for the Canucks. Uh, so yeah, five game road trip after the uh, the Rangers. That's always fun, you know. It's a, it's a throwback '90s night, I guess, at Rogers Arena. Nice. So the Canucks will be wearing the skate. Good. Um, I guess Trevor we've only Linden... won one game in that jersey. The last game we played in that jersey, they oh. won. Oh, that was the game we were at the Buffalo against the Sabers. Against the Sabers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think they can do it again. Yeah, they can do it again. Uh, then the yeah the five game roadie which uh, you think that the uh, the Canucks can do pretty well on at least Kirby thinks so. Well, they got no back to backs on that roadie too, right? No yeah. back to back games. Yeah. The games are spaced out. Yeah. And the one in Winnipeg is going to be tough. It always is. Oh, it o- it's always tough in Winnipeg, yeah. and it's at the end of the trip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think the Canucks. Um, these teams aren't world breakers, right? Yeah. Um, well, that's all I got for the Canucks. Um, World Juniors is going on right now. Uh, yeah. The last time the World Juniors, uh, last year, it was here in our backyard here. We got to see Quinn Hughes, and Jack Hughes was hurt, so we didn't get to see him. We but... got to see Tony Utenen. Yeah, Tony Utenen. And Capo Caco. Yeah, he was good. Capo yeah. Caco was good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Coco Niemi was good, too, I think, was on that team. Um, uh, are you at all interested in the world I'm always interested in keeping an eye on it to see how people are doing. Yeah, I thought the Barrett Hayton stuff was stupid. He's not taking his helmet off. Right. Okay. You wanted right? to talk about this. Well, I don't necessarily want to talk about it. I just thought it was stupid. I thought it was overblown, right? Like, right. these kids are kids. Okay. Leave them alone. Yeah. You know? But who, that, was, who that was, was the Russian Who's 19 years old? Who's that? 19? Well, no, there was a lot of people being like, take his C away. Get rid of his C. Like, people are, like, calling for the guy's head, man. It's the most disrespectful thing. Like, armchair Twitter fucking critics who've never made a mistake when they were 19 in their life, mm-hmm. right? The guy just got, his team just got their ass whipped 6 nothing, mm-hmm. right? It's the end of the game. He's probably going through some of the stuff in his head, being a little pissed off, and forgot to take his helmet off for an anthem. Like, let's get serious And here. who's to, like, know that as a player? Right? Every player that plays in North America... The anthem is before the game. They don't, you know, they're they're off in the they're off in the locker room at this point, right? So this is this well, is they're weird. On, they're on the ice for the anthem. This is weird. But, but this is weird. At the end of a game, after you just got slacked, yeah, right. People, there, it's not in their heads. It's overblown. Yeah, it's way overblown. Yeah, and I just think like you need to cut these kids some slack. You know, Jake Vertanen when he was on the World Junior Team being posterized on the front of the province with the title Olympic GOAT. Yeah. Bullshit, man. Yeah. That 19 was years old. Like, that was mean. Be a little nicer to these guys when they make make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. Even Leos Anderson, when he threw his silver into the stands, right? right? Yeah. He's still a young guy. These guys, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to go into the NHL and be young guys and make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 
Uh, one guy is not making a lot of mistakes. Let's, and this is, I just wanted to mention this quickly. Alexis Lafreniere, who looks like the real deal. He's putting up historic numbers out there in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Yeah, he's he's been unreal. Dude, Nils Hallglander, Canucks prospect, <laughs> leads that tourney in scoring. Yeah. Right? But I, I just want to talk about Alexis Lafreniere because he looks like maybe like another another NHL superstar here. And there hasn't been a lot of, and I've said this to you, that besides Brad Marchand and I guess Patrice Bergeron, there hasn't been a French-Canadian superstar in the league for a very long time. Marc-Andre Fleury in that. Sure, but... Right? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah. he's even had his off years, right? Absolutely, but yeah. I mean, when Vegas came in, that was the jersey that probably sold the best in the entire league yeah. that year. But, like, you know, since Mario, since Patrick yeah. Law, since Martin Brodeur, yeah. there hasn't been that uh, French-Canadian superstar. Yeah. No, yeah, the so, league needs one. The yeah, league needs, I, needs one for sure. And, and I think they have one here. You touched on Bergy and Marchand, I think, yeah. is definitely a, a top, you know, 10 player. Yeah. Um, but... Lafreniere, he's he's getting a lot of uh, hype behind him, and I I think it's good. I think it's good for the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's pretty much all I thought. You think Canada's going to win the World Junior? I do. I picked yeah. them to win at the beginning. I still think they're going to win. Canada's um, taking on uh, Finland in the semifinals, yeah. which is the Saturday. I'm always torn between that because I'm half Finnish and half Canadian. Last year, Finland beat Canada in the uh, semifinal game. Yep. Yeah, so this is a little bit of revenge for Team Canada. It's time for my other half to get revenge. Are you going to wear your finished jersey or what? No, I think I'll leave it off this year. Mm. Yeah, Mm. is that's because that's the reason why Finland won last year. You were wearing a Finland. Yeah, you're right, Ari. That's exactly why. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why. (laughs) why. Um, But like, man, just going back to this this tournament, I know you're. You're focusing on uh, Lafreniere, and I think that's great, and it's good for Canada. But well, I mean, it's these really... Canucks prospects, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Hoglander, yeah. that lacrosse goal that he scored to kind of start the tourney off. He's been on a rip. He leads the tourney in scoring, which is a very impressive thing to do. Um, and then a guy like Pod Colson, who's played well also throughout this tournament. Yeah, and you he's know? in the other semifinal against Sweden. Yeah, and U- and Utnin's still in playing for the for the Finns. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though he just he's he's fine. He's he's done I mean, what did we get him in the fifth or sixth round? Mm-hmm. He's doing everything you'd expect a guy like that to do and more for for his team already. So yeah. Yeah. good uh, good showing for the Canucks yeah. out of the World Juniors. Yeah. Uh other NHL notes, um John Tortorella. Uh he just couldn't go through Christmas without having some sort of uh Soundbite, which is nice. Yeah. Because we, we, well, at least Kirby has a real soft spot for John Tortorella. I like people who tell it like it is. Yeah. Fire it up. Yeah. So, yeah, John Tortorella was in some hot water with the league after a loss to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And I guess it was in a shootout. They lost 3 2. His team, who's, you know, they've been up and down this year there in uh, Columbus. Anyway, he was talking about uh, a time, a time thing, a time, a score, timekeeping issue the whistle blows the whistle is blown at 19.2 on the clock for some reason the clock has run down a second and a tenth to 18.1 for whatever reason i have no idea so instead of resetting the clock we have them tell our captain we're not going to do it toronto doesn't step in refs don't do their freaking job and now we lose the game, and we lose our goalie. So the chain of events, if it was done right, we don't lose our goalie, we win the hockey game. So all this God technology, right, the technology and getting things right, the stubbornness tonight by the officials and by the league and Toronto, however it's supposed to work, screws us. It's ridiculous. I'm not taking any God. <laughs> uh, for that little bit of outrage, Tortorella was fined twenty thousand dollars, and I've never seen this before—a conditional twenty-five grand for the next time he says anything about NHL officiating and the league. Well, up until this time next year, yeah, they say if he does it again before yeah. this time next year, yeah. he's going to get a conditional twenty-five grand. I've never seen anything like that. Before. No, and I think it's bullshit. Yeah. To be honest. Um, <laughs> I agree with a lot of what Tortorella says here. The, the NHL officials, the people in the timekeeper's box, and Toronto cost them this game. 
100%. Wierenski scored at the end of this game to win it. Before the the clock would have run down, yeah. he put the puck in the net right as the buzzer went. Yeah. So Tortorella is hot under the collar for that reason. He's like, if we would have had that time up there, we would have won this game in regulation. Yeah. Instead, we end up playing overtime. We go to Their a shootout. Their goalie gets hurt. Taves comes down. Taves comes down on Corpus Salo, scores a goal. Corpus Salo gets hurt on it, and then they got to throw their backup in. They lose the game. Yeah. Right? It's a tough, it's a tough chain of Dude, events. Like, this is what replay and all this technology exists for. He's right. And it's like, if you can't get this shit right, get the, the fuck out of here. I've been saying this for years since it's been instituted. We can't, we can't have this type of stuff in this game if people are on TV are going to be able to look at it and we're going to see definitively what the call is and Toronto can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. We've been harping on this for a while. It's time. ridiculous. And he's 100% right. And he deserve like, he has every right to be mad here. And if he got fined for his language, that's fine. But, like, the NHL should apologize. They should come out, like, if the NHL didn't come across as this, like, cold anomaly that is omnipotent, has never made a fucking mistake before, people wouldn't be as mad at it as, as guys like Tortorella and fans. A lot of fans are like this, too. They're like... You know what? Admit when you make a mistake. Admit when something's wrong. You know? Come out and say, hey, we blew that. We'll we'll be better next time. NHL doesn't do that. NHL has never done that. Right? Yeah. And it's annoying. It's Gary Bettman, right? That's just, that's his mantra. Like, you know, let's just, uh, let's stay this way forever. I just think it's so arrogant to, like, not only find this guy, but then be like, oh, we're going to dangle this over your head and we're not going to admit fault for this when it's a huge two points for any team. Which is interesting because, uh, oh, one one thing that did happen this week, it's not really hockey-related, but David Stern, the commissioner, longtime commissioner of the NBA, died. And Gary Bettman is from his camp. Yeah. Like he Like, he came, he was underneath Stern in the NBA for a while there. Yeah. And he learned from David Stern. And David Stern's widely, uh, you know, renowned as one of the greatest commissioners in sports history. Definitely and, from a marketing perspective. Yeah, and Stern did come out, has come out in the past, and has said the NBA made a mistake, this and that. Yeah. But for whatever reason, Gary Bettman refuses to do that. Just refuses. Through his entire tenure here, um, he has refused to do that. I don't understand, like, why we have so many channels now in this league to <laughs> be able to review these types of things, and and somehow it still is wrong. It's still wrong. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it just drives me up the wall. Yeah. It's like, what was the, the a couple of weeks ago when they had they got that uh, offside wrong and it was visible? I'm like, you can see it in the replay. And they, they got the call on the ice wrong. Toronto got it wrong. Mm-hmm. I forget what game it was, but I'm just like, what is the point of all this crap? Yeah. So I'm, I'm with Tortorella on, on, on this sort of stuff. It's like, either get it right or get rid of it. Yeah. Where does you know? that rank on the John Tortorella sound bites, would you say? It's up there. Yeah. It's top five. Yeah, it's top five. Yeah. Criticizing the league. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I like, I mean, it, that guy, Yeah, I, I like it when he's fired up. I always have. And I like his personality. I like it when coaches' personalities come through. Yeah. You're right. I, and, and Tortorella is a guy, you can, he clearly gives a shit, right? Mm-hmm. And, and people who have enough balls to call out this, like, omnipotent force, the NHL, who, had, who, who can find him, I think there needs to be more of that. There needs to be more criticism of this league um, internally and externally from the people who play it. It's the only way it's going to improve, right? So when coaches do have the opportunity in a press conference to speak up, however they do so, whether that's in a tirade or, you know, calmly, it's good. It's 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 impacts change in making this league a better league, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think more people should appreciate guys like that. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the Winter Classic this year? I didn't, but I did see the Walk of Shame, and I did see, I did see the hit. Uh, yeah, apparently the uh, Winter Classic, which didn't feature the Chicago Blackhawks this year, which is like the first time in I don't know how many years it didn't feature the Blackhawks. 478 seasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was the lowest rated Winter Classic. Yeah. Uh, still 83,000 people showed up, which was one of the bigger crowds. for. Yeah. Yeah. And, Crowd looked great. Yeah, and apparently it was a really good event. Um, but yeah, one of the one of the biggest sticking points from that game was uh, Corey Perry being Corey Perry. 
really dirty hit on. Finally got nailed to the wall. Ryan Ellis. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, Ryan Ellis, by the way, just got put on um, IR today. Yeah. So, yeah. Dude, that was a greasy was, hit. It was really greasy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, a, a, a nice moment was Corey Perry being, you know, told to leave. <laughs> <laughs> And this is New Year's Day, and there was a lot of jokes going out there. Like, oh, check out this walk of shame from Corey Perry. It was so long. His walk off the ice, the camera's just on him for like 20 seconds as he's walking off the ice with his head down. It was so good. But I was just like, finally, like, on a national level in this game, like, everybody gets to see how much of a grease rat this guy actually is. Yeah. You know, um... That a lot of, like, hardcore fans already know, right? Like, yeah. just in front of the net. The shit that guy has gotten away with his entire career. Oh, and yeah. then three minutes into this game, he goes <laughs> and he just throws some yucky hit on a guy like uh, <coughs> Ellis. Poor Ellis, man. I hope he gets better. Yeah. He's having a career year, too. A game that the uh, Stars ended up winning for, too. Um, a trade today in the NHL. We're recording this on a Friday. It's January 3rd. The Montreal Canadiens agreed, well, not a trade, sorry, a signing. Um, the Canadiens and Ilya Kovalchuk, who's been a free agent, have agreed to terms on a one-year $700,000 contract. Is this guy done? Like, why is, like, what is this? I don't know. Look, well, first off, I don't even know how Ilya Kovalchuk keeps squeaking his way out of all his contracts. Yeah. He's he's just the man at it. Like, he somehow finds a way to get out of his old contracts and just go to a new team. Um, would I have taken a flyer <clears throat> out on Kovalchuk? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's, uh, you know, $700,000. Did you see him playing in L.A.? He was not good. Yeah, but he was disinterested. And look who and look who he was playing for as a coach. That's true. His coach was Willie Desjardins last year. Yeah, that's true. Right? He scratched him. He scratched <laughs> him like four or five times. Yeah. You know? That's true. That's um, a good point. But who knows? I, I don't know if Kovalchuk's done or not. Yeah. Does he think he's probably deserves to be in a position where he's like getting top line manager or something? Maybe, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting experiment for um, for Montreal. Don't really forget that Montreal's had interesting experience uh, experiments with Russians before, and it's worked out for them. Yeah, with Radulov there, right. and yeah, yeah, Koval, Kovalev, yeah, and the uh, you know the Montreal's teetering on a playoff spot. They there. are, yeah, yeah. So. Carey Price has got to lock it down. Do. He's been playing really well lately. He's been having a hard time, but before that, he was mm-hmm. he was playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Montreal's made a lot. They made a move yesterday too, right? Right. They traded for Marco Scandella. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're making things happen in this uh, you know playoff push, and I think a lot of other teams are going to follow suit. Man, everybody knows that. Like as soon as the new year comes. This is the time to pull up those bootstraps and start really, really competing to try and make that fight to the playoffs. Before you know it, the All-Star break comes and goes. And, you know, you're on the other side. You're in February. Trade deadline's, you know, a month away. And sometimes some of the best players that are available are already gone. So, you know, good on Montreal for getting aggressive and and, and trying to make a, a fight out of it. Yeah. Speaking of the All Star break, yes. So the uh, the All Star teams were were announced. Uh, PD making it for the second time, second straight year. Well deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any other surprises that you wanted to talk about? This? Do you care? Do you care that more Canucks didn't make it? Usually, one player from every team makes it. Yeah. You know. Um, St. Louis had three players. It's fine. St. Louis looks like a really good team. Didn't Calgary have two that made it this year? Uh, Wasn't it like Gio and somebody else? Giordano and uh, Goudreau, I think. Maybe those two guys. Was it Goudreau or Monaghan? It might have been Monaghan. It might have been Monaghan. Yeah, okay. Or is it Kachuk? It might be Kachuk, actually, because he's their leading scorer. We don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, I know a lot of Canucks fans are pissed off at the fact that Quinn Hughes is not going. Um, it would be well-deserved, but do you care if he goes or not? No. Yeah, I don't know. Not even a little bit. Uh, like I'll, I watch the skills competition with mild interest, but that's it. They gotta fix that skills competition. It's yeah. Like let's go back to the old days. Like the just like we don't need those obstacle courses. I think they're dumb. The obstacle course I think would be better if it wasn't stupid hard. 
Like making those passes like over the divider yeah, into the tiny ass calls. net through the neutral yeah. zone. Yeah, those are different. Like when calls. you got like some of the best passers in the league and they're going like 0 for 12 on those. It makes them look stupid. It makes them look dumb. Yeah. All star games are supposed to show showcase the skill of these guys. Yeah. And also, I think hockey in in the all star game sucks when it's stationary. Like every single type of obstacle that you do build for them should be about speed and momentum. So it's like. You know, when they stick handle through the pucks, it's fine because they're moving. But when they're stopping to lift a puck up on their stick and put no. it through a board, it's trying. Or, they're trying to copy the NBA. Yeah, that. like that's what they were trying. That's what they're. Trying everything. To do. Everything's yeah. got to be like two on ones, relays, that sort of stuff to really showcase what makes this game good and its speed, right? And it's insane skill at insane speed. That's what hockey is. And if you want to make these players not look like absolute goofs out there. They need to f- figure out more um, types of, like, presentations, more ways to present that. And I think they could. I think they can find dynamic ways to do it. They just are lazy and are copying a model from the NBA. Do you like the divisional things that they have going on? You mean the actual game, the three-on-three? Yeah. Three? yeah. I think, like, here's the thing. Quinn Hughes. Yeah, he's the guy you want to see He'd absolutely out there. crush it at that, yeah. right? Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think the games are fine. They're they're better than when it was five on five. I'll yep. say it has improved. But what are we showcasing here? We're showcasing hockey, and for people that are looking at an all star game that aren't into it, you know, like that's three on three is not hockey. Mm-hmm. But I think if we had a better skills comp, I could forgive that aspect of it a bit more. Yeah, I don't know if it's just me. Like I'm not a kid anymore, and I just don't. I used to get excited. I did. Like when the Canucks players made and their names were called and like I would get excited well, about it. Well, when we were growing up, and here's I, here's the thing about hockey in general now that, that bugs me. One, it's not on ESPN in the States, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is a massive, massive dent to it. You showed me that decade in review video that you had and you're like, check out this awesome decade in review video. Yeah, it showed Sports like Center. two yeah. Stanley Cups getting hoisted yeah. and that was it. Yeah. It had, like, more, like, highlights of, like, women's, like, basketball. Did. And I was just like, like, they forgot hockey in here. They, f- they forgot the game. They and it's like, they didn't forget the game. They intentionally left it out because they don't have the rights to it. Yeah. So why would they, why would they try and, and uh, pump its tires when it has nothing to do with making them money? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big loss for them. Because when we were kids, and hockey was on ESPN, McDonald's came along before the All-Star break. And they're like, collect these upper deck hologram cards with like right. Cam Neely and Wayne Gretzky and all these guys on them. And I'd be like, Dad, Dad, I need these cards. Like, yeah. my life is over unless I get these <laughs> hologram cards. And he was like, you little fat little shit, we'll take you to McDonald's and <laughs> get you a Big Mac and you'll get these stupid cards, right? So anyway, you know, I'd get these cards and I'd have them for like two weeks leading up to the All-Star game. And then I'd watch the All-Star game and think it was the best thing on this planet. My dad knew it wasn't. My dad knew it was crap. Right. But it was something that got kids hyped up for hockey. And I think for this new generation, for this younger generation of kids, they're not doing a good enough job of hyping up the all star game to those to that market. Whereas the NBA is is still far superior at it with the dunk comp and and the way they showcase their game. We're just kind of ripping off what they're doing rather than making it our own unique thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are all. Good points. Did you get those cards? Yep. The uh, the hologram cards. Yeah. The, yeah, those were cool. They were cool. They were really cool back then. Right? Uh, everybody wanted them. Everybody wanted them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was always into hockey cards, too, at that age, and those were like, yes. Yeah, those are really cool. I had to have all of them. Had to have all of them. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Like, being really into McDonald's cards? Good on hockey the f- cards? Well, upper deck McDonald's yeah. cards. Yeah. Let's let's not undersell how good these cards were. They were sweet cards. Um, yeah. So you don't have a problem with anybody who <laughs> is trying to get Quinn Hughes as that last man in, though, right? You're not like, fuck that, let him not play. You don't, you just, you're just like, either way, I'm good. Yeah, either way, I'm good. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I am too. I, it's weird because I, I, over my last like 10 years, I guess, I've been, I've been playing a lot of fantasy hockey or fantasy hockey, fantasy sports. And I don't like it when my players made it to the all-star games that were on my fantasy team. Cause I was like, I felt like they didn't have that drive in the second half of the season. Okay. So I was always hoping they didn't make it. They'd be snubbed, you know? Yeah. That, that, that's me jaded 
fantasy gambling nerd. But um, no, I don't, you know, sure, go for it. Like, let's vote Quinn Hughes in. That would be, that'd be, it'd be sweet to see him in those, in those three-on-three competitions, but I'm not going to cry if he doesn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, the NHL would love to see him there. I think it would probably give me more incentive to watch it. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I don't care either way. Yeah, I don't care either yeah. way. Um, anything else? Nope. I have one more thing. All right. Seeing how it's what, January 3rd? Yes, it is, sir. 2020. 2020. I have 2020 vision. You have 20, yeah. Brought to you by every freaking eye <laughs> <laughs> care place out there. Uh, we're never, and getting, spon- and we're never getting a sponsor for this podcast. Yeah, and Sands and Associates. Um, <laughs> and that guy with the big pot r- prime rib pot roast neck that talks to Ray Ferraro. Yeah, um, anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, New Year's resolution art. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. What's your New Year's resolution? Do you have anything? Uh, I guess I just said I was going to eat less meat and try and make it through my master's program. That's it. What's yours? It's not a, a try isn't a resolution. Well, I mean. Do or do not. There do is or no do try. Not. Okay. Um, yeah, and make it, make it through my master's program this year without getting sick. Nice. Because I've gotten sick three times since the start of this program that I've done, and it's affected between the stammers. It has, yes. Yeah. Yes, our quality has gone way down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. What's um, uh, um, I'm sorry, what was the other one that you said? Eat less meat. Eat less meat. Yeah. I, I'm down with the eat less meat. Yeah. What are you going to replace it with? Tofu. Tofu. Because nice. I like tofu. Yeah. And I'm, I'm cool with, like, maybe, you know, when I'm looking around for a protein for my dinner that night, maybe I'll grab tofu instead of... So chicken so is that like like and you're gonna incorporate that into like asian cooking yeah probably like stir fries and yeah exactly noodle dishes and stuff yeah i think it's better for the environment Uh, we can all do our part right okay yeah like it's better for you too right so there yeah yeah what do you got um i kind of like that one i've been trying to go veggie at least once a week yeah and uh i'm still trying to do that i don't always succeed i almost went I'll try this whole month of January without meat, but I was like, ah, I don't think that's going to happen for me. No, that's, so just you gotta, eat less meat. You got you to do resolutions that you think you can actually hit. You can't be bonkers. Though. Only psychos are like, I'm going to go to the gym every day for 365 days, and then they drop off after like two weeks in January. Right? You're setting yourself up for failure. Don't do yeah, it, guys. Yeah, don't set yourself Be realistic, guys. Be realistic. Yeah. Um, guys and girls. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, okay. Mine is to enjoy more things. Okay, so you were saying this last night, and I don't. I, I think you need to clarify this a little bit more. What does that exactly mean? Just, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll yeah. tell you what I mean. Yeah, I'm a. I can be a little crotchety Art, at times. Caleb Kirby, crotchety. That's funny because not only are you the most crotchety person I know, you're also the most fun-loving person I know. I I do love fun, but here's yeah. the thing: is is and and I think it has to do with my o- occupation for for my job. And I think it makes me actually somewhat decent at my job. But also, it's taking the fun out of certain types of things. And it's looking at things almost too analytically and trying to dissect what's working and what's not working. And and uh, being critical sometimes when I don't have to be. Sometimes when it's just like, okay, just strap in for the ride, enjoy the ride, and and do that later, Right. So uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you where this came from. Yeah, give me an example. I, I went and saw the new Star Wars, right? Yeah. And I told myself before I saw this movie, I'm like, I'm going to go into this movie, and I'm just going to sit there, and I'm going to enjoy the ride. And I went in there. It was my buddy's birthday, and I sat down, and I did enjoy the ride. I went through the movie, and I'm like, ah, okay, yeah, like cool special effects. We're in the Millennium Falcon for a bit. We're flying through some shit. Great. You know, I left there and I wasn't like I wasn't sitting in that movie going over the stuff in my head being like this movie sucks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But after, you know, 7 8 hours, I was still kind of processing it and thinking about it. I went back and I thought I'm like, yeah, man, that that wasn't really that good of a movie, right? Like, I mean, as far as how it was put together, like from a filmmaking standpoint, it's fine. It passes for sure. But just story and how things come together and like plot holes i was like yeah those some of this shit's bad shit doesn't make any sense so i'm gonna try and do that more right rather than going to that movie and sitting in that and being critical of it when it's happening 
and being like maybe having that even put you in a mood like in a bad mood of being like this is annoying this sucks i'm in a shit mood now because of a movie that somebody else made which is ridiculous yeah. but it, people do do it and i've been guilty of it it's even like when you're watching a hockey game and you're analyzing everything yep. and then you're like oh that's annoying oh i'm frustrated by that. oh i'm frustrated by that. it's like yeah you can be doing that and you can be making notes in your head but you're watching a hockey game right mm -hmm. like let it let it come out. Let that fan come out and be happy that you're doing what you're doing rather than a grump, right? And and it's something that I know I need to work on, and it's something that I'm going to try and work on, honestly, this year, is I'm going to just try and enjoy more things as they come to me, and then I can dissect it at a later date and think about it rather than have it put me in a mood. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but this has gotten so bad that you feel like you need to make a resolution for it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, I do. I'm at this point where I think I should make a resolution for it. Hmm. I wouldn't say it's gotten like I've I, I've identified it as something I would like to. But I mean, if, to be better, if something sucks, it sucks, right? I I I, I think there's a fine line. There. But you can you can always come back to something, right? Yeah. If something sucks, it sucks. You're right. But yeah. like, if you're going if you're going to a place. To try and enjoy yourself. Okay. Maybe yeah. don't be so overly critical as it happens and just let it kind of wash over you. And then when you're done, you can go and think about it later and be like, yeah, that was sucks. Go and see a band. I'm going to enjoy the band. I'm going to dance. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Go back later and be like, yeah, their performance wasn't the best. It, it kind of sucked this time. So this, you're, all, you're saying that this is going to be something you work on like when you watch Canucks games? Even. Well, when I'm watching Canucks games, when I'm at a concert, when I'm at a movie. Okay. I'm not going to be anal try as analytical as I've I have been. I'm going to try and try and separate those two a little bit okay. because I do find it affects my mood. And if, with, and if I'm with other people, and I'm getting into that headspace, maybe what I'm doing is affecting their enjoyment of it. Right. Right. I don't want to be that guy. No. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. I I I I'm still struggling to see how it's a problem, but if it means Caleb Curry being less of a grump, I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, it could mean that I'm going to be less of a grump. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like The Witcher, when you watched The Witcher, did that put you in a bad mood because it was not that good? No, I, I and I gave that show a pretty good chance. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to give it a chance and I'm going to just try and be entertained by it, but you know, after again reflecting on it being like, you know, stuff isn't adding up here. The locale just looks like it's Southern California. It doesn't look like a fantasy world. I'm, I'm good on this show. Okay. You know? All right. I, I dig it. All right. Kirby's going to be less of a grump. I'm going to eat less meat. And uh, the connection is going to be Enjoy more things. <laughs> enjoy more things. Kirby's going to enjoy more things. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, should we give out a couple shout outs uh, today, too? It's, um, Go ahead. Um, Shane Lochran. Our old uh, loyal listener as well to the Shardcast. Actually, I don't, or to the. Uh, to the Shardcast. Uh, sorry, that was my old podcast. To the uh, Between the Stammers. Yeah, our podcast, to Between yeah. the Stammers, yes. Yeah. Um, it's his birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday to him. Also to um, the Sports Faucet. It's his birthday as well. Happy birthday, Sports Faucet. Thank yeah. you for listening. Yeah, he listens to every second of this podcast. So. And my mother. January 5th, it's her birthday, so happy birthday to my mother as well. Love All you, right. Mom. Yeah. And hopefully by the time the next Between the Stammers comes out, we're not in World War Three. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have any resolutions or anything you want to say, you can always get in touch with us at BetweenTheStammers at gmail.com or, or tweet us at BetweenTheS mm -hmm. or at Curbman23 if you want to lip me off or... Kirby won't get grumpy about it. He's going to enjoy it. He's going to enjoy more things. <laughs> um, at Art Aronson. Yeah, good. And, uh, yeah, you could also email us, but who who does that anymore? Nobody. I said the email right off the hop. Yeah, nobody does that, though. Yeah. Hey, enjoy more things, Kirby. <laughs>